Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rusty Quill presents I pray for my soul, 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 my soul,
is no poise in war. Only the style of death and the posture of vultures. Where fallen heroes are lifted from the battlefield upon the wings of flies. The only dignity of battle is to survive at all. So, by whatever the means you accomplished it, we can't tell you how much it pleases us to know that this creature, this Night Christ, as you called it, is no longer a threat. It is no longer a threat. Yes. We saw to it, uh, personally. The voices of the higher-ups oozed from the unseen heights of the broken cathedral. A polite invitation requesting our presence had brought us here to confess the details of our mission. <laughs> As if we had any choice in the matter. Though it was hard to imagine that they weren't already fully in the know. If I hadn't been so nervous to stand before the unseen eyes of the Esotarchs, I'd have chuckled at that bit about them not knowing what the Night Christ was. Ah, that is wonderful to hear. Then this darkness that has been reported, these random eclipses that seem to fall upon the occasional city or countryside, they are not indications of worse things to come. I... I believe the roaming darkness is a small residuum. What was left of the Bolgia of Endless Night. Whatever managed to escape before we closed down the Serpent's Nest. That's fine, then. I do hope you do not find our inquiries too pointed. We certainly wouldn't want the two of you to run off. Especially after the marvelous job you've done for us. But, please, we beg your indulgence for just one more question. You're absolutely certain that Baltus Kilroy is dead? Please, for the love of God, Rosemary. Help me. Help me. <sighs> and then some. The condescension of our masters was practically palpable, playing with us like dolls. Fantastic. <laughs> well then, let's push on, shall we? Your next assignment is an extremely important one, so I do hope y'all accept it. Yet there has been a delay with the timing of it all, which, as it turns out, is fortunate. <laughs> we have some other somewhat smaller matters we'd like you to attend to. Your handler is already waiting to tell you all about it. <laughs> You, um, you still want to do this? I mean, we could. I guess we, we could just drive away. 
Might even take them a little while before they pick up our trail. <laughs> Run and do what, exactly? Find our respective soulmates? Marry them? Raise families? My little ones coming over to your place to play hide-and-seek with their good old Uncle Isaiah? That's all over with. Those possibilities. We're Esotarians now, till the wheels come off. You said it yourself back in Marrow's. There's no escaping the Esoterium. This life of ours. Well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe, maybe there could be a chance. Yeah, I mean, why not? While we're on the run, Mr. Sugar, that lovely brother of ours, could keep us in all the candy canes and lollipops we could ever want. Any idea what Sugar might even be? If he really could be our brother? How he, um, vanished into thin air after he did Nycrist. A few theories, nothing solid. You still think it was the right play to not tell the higher-ups about him? In my experience, you never show your hand until you're called. And you definitely don't let on to having a wild card. And what about that uh, residual darkness bit? Were you spitballing, or was that your real read? No, that was an honest take. The Bolgia had been open for a bit before we closed it down just makes sense that some of it escaped into our world. But what that adds up to, now that some small part of the bright black is out and about? <laughs> I have no idea. But that's not our problem anymore. Nope. Sure isn't. We got a whole bunch of new problems coming our way. Any minute now, in fact. After we hit the outskirts, our handler's meetup spot shouldn't be far off. You know, maybe this is just what we do. Solve problems. Save people from the trouble of getting horribly killed by horrible things. After all, turns out we're pretty good at it. So long as we're sticking it to the bad guys, maybe this life of ours makes some sense. Because honestly, nothing else does. So we're the good guys now, that it? Saving the world and all that? You really don't believe in it, do you? The good, I mean. That anything could actually matter. That all the lives we save from the dark really add up to anything? I believe in what's good for me. For us. I... I don't presume to know much more than that. This is the place, right here. I guess we're just supposed to sit here until he, it, decides to show up. I never could stand these guys. Wait a minute. I think I see something up there. Turn the headlights on for a sec. You see that? What is it? I, uh, I don't know. Looks like something small and gold stuck to that tree trunk up there. I'll pull up a little closer. What the... Are you kidding me? 
The battery just died. Relax. It's just part of the show, I'm sure. Yep. More than likely. Jesus, I wish you'd hurry up. Here we go. Cynicism is what killed the theater. Real theater. <laughs> it's the death of all art, really. Thumbing your noses at my attempt to alleviate the churning boredom of things. You two should be ashamed of yourselves. We could hear something large moving around the car in the darkness. Big, heavy footfalls. It was likely the handler, speaking at us from the radio while it stalked around us in the darkness. Another handler, another cheap magic trick. I didn't want to use my eyes to light the place up, <laughs> given what it said about the theater. It'd be like shining a light behind a curtain stage. It was best just to play along. But still, I'm sure I don't have to lecture the two of you on the merits of creativity. One doesn't need imagination, where one's reality is tantamount to a dream. Or a nightmare. <laughs> now do they? I wasn't sure we were supposed to participate or if this was just the opening monologue. Isaiah, for his part, leaned on his armrest, staring into the dark where the movement was coming from. When he openly ticked, craning his neck to hear the cartilage crackle, I realized I hadn't seen him do it in a while. I wondered if he hadn't run out of meds after all. Rude or not, I decided to light a cigarette. Though, out of politeness, I muted the effort with a cupped hand. Accomplishment should be raised to the level of virtue, if not the pinnacle, the summation of all virtues. Nothing defines one's character more, nor affects the soul of the world so much. And the two of you have been blessed with an uncommon share of it. The light of the world only continues to shine, undimmed, but for your efforts. And as much as accomplishment is married to reward, you shall have your share in that as well. But first, there is duty. The sounds of the thing moved upward, where the creature presumably scaled the tree in front of us, small twigs breaking off and skittering across the top of the car as it climbed. As the two of you are uniquely positioned to appreciate, the world needs stability. Not the kind that merely glues society together, or even keeps the trains running on time. But the type that stops purple cats from grinning out of sight, that disallows tornadoes to touch down in golden brick lanes. There has been discovered a brand new crack in the world, the culmination of the great darkness up to this point. According to all the evidence, the collective attic of the world is currently going soft. 
While there is no grand consensus, the going theory is that the mounting insanity of the world did not stop with the wasting times, oh no, but has now, like a snowball rolling downhill, gathered speed and size and strength, and has become into a storm in and of itself. The cause seems to be scattered among the mad, including a collection of unwaking, perpetually nightmaring new Victorians, the exopaths, <laughs> naturally, the whitewigs, and even now, as we speak, in fact, a new breed of lunatic is being analyzed, whose broken minds seem to leak more than their fair share of polka-dotted absurdity. All these post-noctomaniacs, in sufficient numbers, seem capable of significantly affecting their local reality, transforming a finely woven tapestry into a kaleidoscopic crazy quilt. Recently, however, the disruption appears to have become mobile, like a storm rolling across the land, liquefying the reality, in varying degrees, of anything that comes beneath its darksome canopy. These roaming waves and pockets of dissolving realism are now being referred to as the dim. While this phenomenon hasn't quite risen to the level of world-shattering threat, it has been steadily increasing. Fortunately, most of the causative disorders incapacitate the sufferer, with a notable exception of exopathy. <laughs> So, managing them has largely been a process of keeping them all apart, preventing their respective insanities from compounding and... spreading. The most mystifying feature of this latest insanity is that it seems capable of outliving its host, somehow transmitting itself to a new sufferer upon the death of the old. Accordingly, the infected have been isolated and preserved whenever they've been discovered, along with all the other before-mentioned mad persons. Which brings me to where you'll be going for your next assignment! Something landed with a massive thump behind the car. The thing, the handler, having leapt back to Earth more than likely. Isaiah didn't so much as flinch. He was just staring into the darkness, his eyes lost in thought. I suspected he was turning over our previous conversation, how I wanted to stay with the job. What I didn't tell him, however, was that I wanted to stay for his sake. We hadn't talked much since Marrow's. I don't know, maybe we were just grateful for all that natural silence and stillness. But the idea of freedom desertion crossed my mind on more than one occasion. What it would look like, where it would likely land us. Isaiah was a creature of habit, a perpetual hunter and thrill-seeker. He'd wind up doing something like we were already doing, or worse, wherever we went. And we'd never feel safe again. If what Isaiah told me about the scale of the Esoterium was accurate, we'd be on the run forever. Here, at least, we had our missions handed to us, even if our bosses vastly, <laughs> vastly underrepresented the threats we'd face. But our missions were the fields in which we grazed, free to do whatever we deemed appropriate. Maybe that was the only freedom we needed or could ever truly have. It was certainly far more freedom than most people enjoyed nowadays. Most of the country lived in fear of each other or the return of the darkness. 
Everything was designed to turn on a dime, now. Martial laws crashing down with the slightest whisper of insolvency. The government desperate to maintain the hold it struggled to secure since the darkness. And if it wasn't the government, it was whatever organized crime, extremist group, religion, or cult dominated for lack of an official government presence. And even though the job almost killed Isaiah, we did manage to stop a problem that would have affected us eventually, and at a point we would have been powerless to stop it, and we would have likely died, or worse, judging by what happened to Kilroy. I just wanted stability, security for the both of us, and if that meant staying on the hook, then so be it. <sighs> <laughs> or, uh, who knows, maybe I'm just in it for the drugs. God knows where I'd score my meds if I went rogue. I was sick of thinking about the whole thing, so I pinned my ears to the radio and listened to the next chapter of What Shit Show Are We Headed To Next? There's a place, far, far from here, where the world is wedged in ice, proof against change. At least... For now, <laughs> there is an effort being mounted there to make certain the world need not worry about vanishing cats and glittering roads of delicate finery. This will be your destination, the Silentage! <laughs> yes, you will be assisting with the ongoing efforts taking place there, observing them, watching over them. Importantly, there have been attempts to arrest the great strides that are being made to overcome this new situation. We want this to be your priority, to stop all the interference. We'll be in touch with further instructions. And now, about those rewards I spoke of. With the conclusion of the magic show, the lights of the car shone back onto the objects that we saw when we first pulled up. Little golden things stuck to the tree trunk. Only now they were dangling right in front of us, from a branch that had been broken from the tree and thrust into the road. Badges. They were big and gold and shone like little suns in the headlights. I especially liked the image of the eagle holding together the two halves of a divided earth. The earth not the USA. Well, at any rate, we'd made the big time. We were reclamation agents now. Huh. Yay for us. When we were all checked in at the hotel in Hallowick, we walked into yet another pile of folders and whatnot, all spread out across the couch. Oh, look, more presents. Hmm, 
Hmm, let's see. We've got additional archival passwords, police database access codes, a list of safe houses, a couple of bottles of meds, yours and mine, some scripts for more meds, yada, yada, yada. Eh, not bad. Not to mention we can now walk into any police station in the country and bark orders. <laughs> a lot of good all that's gonna do us in Antarctica, though. Uh, what? Did you just say, uh, Antarctica? Yep, that's my guess. Back when I was working in New Vic, the sleep lab was on a list for some kind of experimental program. After the higher-ups sent some spies over to vet us for it, I'd asked the head tech about what the whole thing was about. He wasn't all that forthcoming about whatever the experimental program was, but he did say that if we were cleared for the go-ahead, we'd be getting a lot of new equipment from this new place called the Silentage, way down in the Antarctic. We didn't make the cut, and that was the last I'd heard of it. But the name stuck with me, the Silentage. I'm guessing it's got to be the same place, all that talk about being wedged in ice. I tried to make light of the deduction, but I was already filling with butterflies. We'd be locked in together at the end of the world, lunatics for company, the coldest, bleakest light falling over everything. I needed my wooded walks, the crickets. I needed to be able to step out of my head into something welcoming, lush and green. All the meds in the world wouldn't save me from myself if I couldn't find the world under all that ice. Ugh, the delusions that would come for me. <laughs> I was already reconsidering my stance on desertion. Fantastic. No wonder they gave us badges. Here you go. Have fun with all the authority and freedom you won't be able to exercise. <laughs> you really that hard up to boss people around? You clearly haven't worked in law enforcement. When I uh, schlep for the night hand, I sometimes get called in to coordinate with the local shields on an EXO case. I was always billed as a consultant or something along those lines. And let me tell you, cops don't like civvies telling them how to do their job. They'll let you know about it real damn quick. Be nice to wear the shoe on the other foot for once. If I were you, I'd forget the shoes and get a good pair of winter boots. Isaiah went silent all of a sudden, his gaze falling to the floor. He was about to revive the topic we'd let die in the car. <sighs> but I wasn't in the mood to talk treason. I needed sleep. Real, stress-relieving sleep. Or the best approximation I could muster. So I headed him off at the pass. Well, I don't have to ask you if you're tired, but I sure as hell am. I'm gonna head to bed. Get me up if I sleep past eight, would ya? I didn't look back as I closed the door to the adjoining room behind me, but I knew Isaiah hadn't looked up. It was the first time I'd been alone since Marrow's. We hadn't even gotten a chance to get out of our fancy-rented car before the higher-ups had us drag ourselves to that abandoned, tumble-down cathedral. We were in Hallowick all of ten minutes when the wind blew a torn piece of paper through the car window. Uncrumpling it, I saw the message, Come to the Cathedral of Irons and confess your sins. Management. There was still so much left to sort through. The loose ends from our jaunt through Marrows, our new jobs... 
our new assignment. <laughs> Mr. Friggin' Sugar. <sighs> but all I wanted to do was sleep for maybe a good month or two. I could only guess at the nightmares waiting for me after I hit the pillow. Granted, I could just stay below REM sleep and manage my dreams while I was lucid, but I wouldn't get the kind of rest I needed. Best to face my demons head on. As I was getting ready to hit the hay, I plucked my Balik from my side and tossed it on the bed. On any other night, it was just a thing to take off and put aside, along with the rest of my gear. Tonight, it was something different. It was a murder weapon. Sure, there was a time when it commanded my attention, a thing of unguessed power, when I was a little girl looking to escape my fear. It first appeared inside a nightmare. I was running through the halls of a ruined house, monsters of every stripe nipping at my heels. Most of the time they caught me, but not this time, and never again. The things were all over me, mobbing me, their claws and teeth ripping through me. My hand managed to break free of the mob, straining in vain, reaching for the sake of reaching. Then something came into my grip, as if someone had handed it to me. Softly, kindly. The second it touched my hand, I knew it was an extension of my own body, an infinitely sharp, coiling extrusion of myself. My Balik. Granted, it was years later when I finally learned what it was called, what it was used for. But that night, and all the nights since, the monsters in my dreams have been on notice. While it had protected me since that night, its lashing bladed length a terror among terrors, slicing through my worst dreams. It never held a blemish for the carnage it wreaked on my behalf. Until now. Here it was, set casually upon a flower-patterned paisley sheet, lethal and proven, in both worlds, a solidified artifact of my mind, and now my actions. But what worried me more wasn't that it had killed, that I had killed, but that it wouldn't be long until I was called upon to do it again. Even worse was the knowledge of how deadly it could truly be and how accomplished I'd become at wielding it. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone, Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the sleep-wake cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Maltopia, head over to Maltopia.com.